Okay, so I said you could hold on to your sheets from last week, and that's a true statement, but I did make some changes. So there are some differences. If, if you just have last week's, you might want to get the revised version. Um, <clears throat> Lord willing, we will finish our time this morning on time, the discipline use of, and um, next week, Lord willing, we'll start on money and hopefully uh, finish that as well. So for those of you that weren't here or for those that forgot, we're on 1B, uh, reasons to use time wisely. And <clears throat> the first passage I'd like to look at just very briefly because it's just so obvious, Romans 14, 12. <clears throat> I'm not sure how you're supposed to cover your mouth when you have a microphone, but... <clears throat> Oh, I'm sorry. Um, would someone please read that? Uh, Romans 14, 12, Mr. Stringer. He's got a good, deep voice. <clears throat> just, just verse 12? Uh, 14, 12, okay. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. It's pretty clear, right? Not too confusing. Hey, Dave, you think we're going to have to give an account to God? Yeah. So moving on. Um, Matthew 12, 33 to 36. We'll spend a little more time on this one. Um, <clears throat> If someone would read that. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart of the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you guys think that it matters what words you say? Cowens, you got any ideas? Well, I guess what comes to my mind right away is, wait a minute, my sins are as far as from the east as from the west, so how does this line up with that? So that's my thought. <laughs> thinking, how do they line up together? Because if I say a careless word, I usually try to repent of that right away. Right. So... Probably didn't um, want a question back at you, but... No, no, fair enough. Um, were you here last week? Okay. So, no, well, just that we're not talking about um, salvation necessarily, right? We're, we're talking about, um, let's say, those that are 
saved, those that are true believers who have the Spirit of God put in them, um, they're going to be saved, right? But that doesn't mean there isn't a reward or a bigger reward for those who do a good job and little reward or no reward other than getting into heaven for those who don't really work. So, I mean, obviously there's some nuances there, but before we get too bogged down with other questions, because we are going to address that in more detail on point B3, if you look at your outline, then we can have scripture answer it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so what this class does, so what I'm saying is that what we're trying to, what we're considering here is um, those that do have the Spirit of God in them already. We're not talking about doing good works to be saved. We're also not saying that you could do some good works apart from the gifting of the Spirit, right? So you can't just do it on your own and, you know, not rely on God. So we're dealing with a limited subset of <clears throat> behavior, and that is those that are saved, those that have the Spirit of God in them, and those that are doing those works in faith, trusting that God will bless them for the works. And so this passage particularly deals with those that are saved or those or those ver saved versus not saved? Um, well, let's see. For by your word. Well, I don't think it's this is specifically for those that are just saved, right? If you look at verse 37, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. If we're taking that to be justification and condemnation, clearly that's, well, one, it doesn't, is not based on your words. But if we got back to my question, we would, I think, answer both of these questions, which is, why do you think it matters what you say? Why does that matter? Yeah, Carrie. <clears throat> well, we know that the Lord primarily uses like speaking. So he used that to create things and sustain things. And so there is like power in, in speech or communicating that way. And so I think even though it's not the same, like we don't say stuff and things are created, but like our speech does have power. It can be used to build people up or tear people down. It can be good, used for good or for evil. And so I think, um, maybe even different from other things that we experience or other things we can do, like speech has a major impact and we want to model it after God. And so we're accountable if we're not modeling it after him. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase my question a little bit. <clears throat> the words that come out of your mouth, Carrie, what do you think, where do you think those are coming from? What, so if, if I say a nasty word to Mitch, is that just some word that, popped into my head or came out of my mouth like what's the source of that speech yeah it it's a reflection of our hearts and what's truly on the inside and we all i think have at different times been guilty of maybe saying a really harsh word to someone or you know something really unkind and going oh i didn't mean that and like the reality is like from inside somewhere like you did and so like that's where we're accountable for that um and like that's kind of the source to start if our if our words aren't 
kind, if they're not good, then we have to address that and be accountable for it. Recognizing that that's not just a one-off kind of thing. It's an issue with our hearts that has to be dealt with. Right. And I guess that that's, that's ultimately all I was trying to get out of this passage is just simply that when we speak, it really is something that comes out of our heart. If what's in our heart is good, right, then what comes out of our mouth is good. If what we're dwelling on and thinking about in our hearts is wicked and evil, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. So when we speak evil, it's a sign, an indication to us that that's what's going on in our heart. But not, I'm not dealing with absolute good and evil in terms of whether you're saved or not saved. But <clears throat> as a believer, this principle still applies, right? If we're hating someone in our heart and dwelling on sin that they've committed against us and we're bitter towards them, when we talk to them, that's what's going to end up coming out of our mouths, right? So just as a general principle, uh, not that that's going to save us or not save us. Um, so why would God care about each word then, if we step back a sec there? <clears throat> why would God care? What? We have a tendency to think uh, that was just slipped out or I didn't mean that or that was, I misspoke, that kind of thing. But why do you think God cares about each word? Why do you think we're actually going to be judged for each careless word we speak? Or let me rephrase that. Why do you think we're going to have to give an account for every careless word that we speak? Um, Mr. Sweet, any ideas? <clears throat> He's got his brows raised. <laughs> I'm trying to understand your the focus of your question. Uh, we represent God, and so everything we say uh, is a reflection on Him as well. Uh, so we, we want to have all of our words bring glory to Him. Uh, but also, if, if we're speaking... As has already been said, if we're if we're speaking careless words, it means we're not taking care of feeding our our uh, our thinking properly, uh, perhaps, and it's an evidence that the, there's a problem we need to address in ourselves. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. That and that goes back to what we talked about last week, which is just that the default of how we spend our time and what's really in our hearts is the propensity is towards sin as opposed to it just being neutral or going in the right direction. So same with our speech. If we're not mindful of what we're thinking about and how we're preparing our thinking, then that's going to be reflected in our speech. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's look at the next one, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. Okay. Um, over here. <clears throat> According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one <clears throat> can lay a foundation other than that which is laid. 
which is Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each other has done. Through 15. If that work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Okay, so what group is Paul talking to here? What group of people? Back to your question earlier believers, unbelievers, and could you justify your answer with a verse here? Yeah, sure, just believers, right? And how do you know that? Well, he says, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. So this is somebody who has a foundation in Christ. Right, and so Christ is a foundation, right? right? So we're not talking, um, I put here, how is this foundation analogy different than the building on the rock versus building on the sand parable? That's the building on the rock, building on the sand is, in a sense, choose the right foundation, right? Um, we're only now dealing with people who have built on the foundation of Christ. So these are believers. Um, and nevertheless, they're still, because, due to their works, uh, they receive a greater reward, right? That's pretty obvious there. If you... Let's see. Um, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it uh, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. And down in <clears throat> chapter 4, verse 5, we see sort of the conclusion of that, right? It's not just the works on the surface, but rather... Uh, in verse 5, it says, Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. So, again, we're not talking about someone losing their salvation or earning their salvation. These are people who are founded on Christ, and yet, nevertheless, by the way that they live and the works that they do, they receive a reward, right? Which just kind of makes sense. Um, so <clears throat> why are we not to judge there? In verse 5, he says, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time. So these are people in the church. They're doing deeds. Why are we not to judge them? Just in terms of this passage here, uh, why should we not judge based on their actions, say, in verse 10 to 15. Yeah, so why might we be inadequate to judge? Let me phrase it that way. What are we missing? Yeah. I, th I think that just it's a picture of how God can judge the heart in a way that we can't, and that will be revealed. Say two people 
both believers, lived a similar life, did similar works, and it might look the same to us on the outside, but the judgment, God can reveal the heart and it will be revealed. And let's just say that one of those believers liked to look, they, they kind of like the commendation that comes from doing all the right things. You know, I want to be seen doing the right things. Right. I like people to know that I'm righteous. I like people to know that I serve. I like people to know that I teach, you know, and that's in my heart of hearts. That's a large part of my motivation. And let's say the other person who did similar things, also a believer, also a member of the church, had no ego in it, was, but was just like, God, I hope you can use this. I just want to be faithful, and I don't care if anyone sees me or thinks more of me. I just want to serve you. God can, God can delineate between those two people. Right. But it's dangerous for us to say, oh, well, you just like to be seen, you know. Right. Or you just like people to think well of you, you know. That's a really dangerous road to go down for two people that are both serving. But God, who knows all things, can can um, can parse that out in a way that we can't. And it will be revealed. And we just say this person was a more faithful servant. This person was more self-serving. Right. Yeah, so in that verse 5 there, um, Jesus or when the Lord comes, these things, these actions that we perform will be brought to light. They're yes. now hidden in darkness. So we're seeing things in a way that's hidden in darkness. We can't see it. It's just like you said, from the outside, it might look the same to us, but what's hidden is the motives. Mm. We, can't, we can't necessarily see that, necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, now a man of wisdom could draw it out. Mm. It's also, it's also a really good warning for uh, for us, too, that just like why you do the things that you do, you know, to examine yourself and just be like someday when God lays this all bare and everybody knows, you know, my deepest motivation, was it myself, you know, and yeah. my own glorification or was I trying to do it humbly and for God? It's a wonderful kind of a guardrails passage, you know, it'd be like, yes, you're serving. Yes, you're helping. What's the heart? Yeah. I, I like that part. Sorry. No, no, fair enough. And we're going to get to that on point three, how, how should we use time? Lord willing, we get there. Okay, so um, the last point here is, <clears throat> well, let, let's look at this last one. When are we promised to receive a reward? Just in this passage. Just going off of this passage in... in uh, 1 Corinthians. It's kind of an obvious one, but yeah, Mitch, just say it out loud. I'll repeat it. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, when the Lord comes, right? So the, the point of that, though, is that we shouldn't look for our reward now. And I think we're, we'll find out in a little bit that often we do. We want the reward now. And that's often going to come in the form of other people's praise or recognition or whatever. Um, so this is a good, I think, good guardrail is um, are we looking for our reward now? Are we looking to be recognized for what we're doing? Um, and if, if we are and sort of like a kid saying, did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? There's nothing necessarily wrong with that necessarily, right? But patience teaches us to wait for the Lord in his time, not just when we want uh, to be recognized. Um, 
So the last point, reasons to use time wisely, we had our natural bent and that of nature is towards evil. What we do on earth has eternal consequences. We'll give an account for it. The third point here, time is valuable. It's finite. I'm not even going to spend any time on that. So the next question for us, I think, is then how should we use time, <clears throat> right? And how should we not use time? What are some things we should avoid and what are some things we should go towards now that we have some good reasons to use time wisely? So the first point I have here, how not to use time, <clears throat> given that our default is towards wickedness, evil, non-righteous deeds without us really uh, consciously thinking about it. That's the, that's the direction we're going to head in. Obviously, one of the big dangers is just mindlessly wasting time, not thinking about things. Um, <clears throat> I have this, I did this calculation. I had Dave Stringer check it, so I think it's accurate. But if you spend 20 minutes a day, uh, f in a year's time, that 20 minutes a day is 120 hours a year, which correlates to about three weeks worth of 40-hour work weeks. So it would, it's equivalent to taking three weeks off from work. Say you want to spend time reading your Bible, but all you have is 20 minutes, or you want to spend time in prayer, but all you have is 20 minutes. If you did that each day, that's the equivalent of three um, weeks at 40 hours a week, okay? That's a lot of time, right? And I know we've all heard those things, and <clears throat> with only five minutes a day, you could do this. But it's true, right? With just a little bit of time each day, we can accomplish great things. We could do a lot with it, okay? So <clears throat> is that math accurate? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> well, that's, that's why I put approximately equal to, just to <laughs> cover myself. I think it's 121 hours, but I rounded down. <clears throat> okay, so here's what I'd like to do just for a minute. You don't have to answer these things, but <clears throat> if you want to, raise your hand. Consider ways in which you've misused time. So some ideas might be <clears throat> Facebook, which is probably all a waste of time, if we're honest. TV, <clears throat> right? Um, browsing the internet, shopping for things we don't need, <clears throat> right? Uh, I'd say in some ways staring out the window is more profitable than that. Because you could at least be thinking about something. <clears throat> Okay, so um, any, any good uh, time wasters that you guys have? The news. The news? Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely true. You get... Yes. Well, and again, again, just to clarify, we're, we're excluding the things that are blatantly sinful, right? We're, we're not talking about doing things with your time that you sh clearly shouldn't be doing. Right? We're not talking about those things. We're just talking about things that are not in and of themselves sinful to do, 
<clears throat> and yet, uh, aren't the best use of our time. Uh, yeah. One thing I found really wastes time, not just when you're doing it, but after you're doing it is yeah, debating anything political on Facebook. So you got a twofer right there. So yeah. not only does it distract you from what you're doing at that moment, you know, so you can write up your response, so you can write up your argument. But afterwards, after you've put together the perfect argument, all you're thinking of for the rest of the day is how riled up you are yeah. and what you will say when they respond. And right. next thing you know, you've wasted half the day. Right. Now, and remember, in our little math problem here, was that math good? I was looking at Ryan, but I... Doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I just want to confirm it before I make too big a deal of it. So <laughs> I, d I ran out of fingers. But the, the point is that if you look at your phone, a lot of times you'll get those weekly reports on your screen time. I don't know if you guys get those, but it'll say how much time you spend on your phone. Mine's never been less than 20 minutes, right? It's usually around two hours. So let's assume there's a certain portion of that that's checking email and texting with my wife and things like that, that, that at least could be construed as profitable. That's still a lot of time that somehow I'm look, just looking at my phone, you know? <clears throat> I don't know what I'm doing. But in any event, if we don't think about how we're using our time, then that's how it ends up, where we're on Facebook or we're just reading the news or just looking at stuff that pops up in your email. Um, okay, so what would anyone like to state an effective means of minimizing the misuse of time? This is where you get to appear righteous and mature, but that's not a bad thing, right? Because it might be true. <clears throat> Tina, you want to help us out there? I will confess to wasting time on Facebook in the past. However, recently I am no longer on Facebook. And so that has uh, been an answer to prayer because I was really struggling with um, how much time I was spending on that. So... Thank you, Lord. Yeah, praise God. So what's an effective means? I mean, it's in there, but could you generalize that for us? Exactly what I did, I prayed, is yeah. Lord help me um, to get rid of this vice and and just take thing, things like that to the Lord and ask him to help you make good use of your time. Yeah, so just in there, recognize it as a vice, acknowledge it as a problem, right? To uh, go to the Lord in prayer and ask for strength to overcome it, right? And obviously follow through with uh, your conviction, right? She's not on it anymore. So praise be to God. And then give God praise when he gives you success. So excellent points. Thank you, Tina. Um, <clears throat> and which things- Excuse me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's a follow-up. <laughs> I, I thought I would miss it, but I don't. Yeah. I don't. 
So maybe that would be, you know, something that you could think about when you're not wasting time is, am I really going to miss this? Hey, give it a try. Maybe you won't. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important because often we can't rightly judge how we're going to view it before we do it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking a little more, I don't know what the word is, but I deal with, okay, like the Christmas holiday every year. I'm really going to spend a lot of time in the Word and really, wow, do the Advent candle, all of that business. Okay, I got everybody coming to my house for Christmas. I got all this food to do. I got to shop. I guess I think, I would think a lot of women would really struggle with those appear to be necessities in our life. I have all the shopping, the cards, the picture. So I think that's where I struggle is I want everything to be perfect. <laughs> and so I waste a lot of time and I know I'm doing that, but I feel like I've elevated those, I don't know, my alone. I just, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a real hard thing for women to say, no, do, the, do this first and then do that. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out. It's a little, I think it's something so when women you say tend you to, waste yeah, you knew a you were going to ask time, me another are, question. Are you, mean, are you meaning like you spend? You think you spend too much time decorating instead of reading, or what, what do you I mean? I think then? it can consume you. <laughs> I see your husband nodding. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. You make it more, yes. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what? That's, that's really important because, well, let me ask you. Why do you think, uh, what do you think the focus on those things is? Where do you think that comes from? Well, I think, and this is where you, I'm, I know I'm wrong, I'm like, okay, I want everything really special for my family and friends. I want to really, and so I equate it with all of that. I don't know. Come into my home, so, have it be cozy, have it be warm, have it be good food. So I know I'm wrong. I'm just saying I think I think women tend to struggle with that. And a man, like he tells me all the time, uh-uh, don't do that. Just don't do it. And I'm like, I can't not do it. So I just <clears throat> wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So probably you can not do it if it's sinful. And Wanda something else yeah hi jacob um i understand what she's talking about because it's like you want that those things to be special and it's like we focus on those so so much more and on anything i think we have an inaccurate picture of what is in, is truly important yeah and the duration of that importance so you know is that a um like a, an immediate thing that is will bring joy or immediate um, thing that like helps us feel like we're spending our time wisely when in the end, is that an eternal thing that blesses our time? Yeah. No, that's a good question to ask is how significant is this thing? How meaningful is it? Um, certainly if, as I reading between the lines, you're, you're saying um, <clears throat> there are, 
you overly focus on the on the image of the thing and are missing the substance, which is right, uh, spending time in the word or conveying that to your family or truly creating a home that is centered around that uh, as far as you know you can within your sphere of influence um, that's clearly the substance right so focusing more on the decorations and things like that is in some sense a focus on the image more than the thing itself now i'm not in any way saying it's wrong to focus on decorating and all that. It's just, if you're thinking, hey, maybe I should focus more on the substantive stuff, that's probably not a bad idea, right? Yeah, Mr. Sweet. Well, I was just going to say that uh, <clears throat> when I go to the Cowans, I have a certain expectation of the <coughs> decorative atmosphere and the food yeah. options that are going to be there. Yeah. So, Well, and that's true. I know that's true because he came to my house two or three times. And I think one time it was 40 degrees in the house because we didn't have a heater at the time. And we sat on plastic chairs. We came back, I think, once, one other time, and uh, there was there's probably no flooring or something. So <clears throat> we, have, we have not quite got the external stuff ironed out yet. OK, um, any other comments before we move on? Yeah, Mrs. Moore. I'm just thinking about how one of the ways maybe we could try to set a, a differentiation between what's important or what's a priority not is just to think of in Colossians, setting your mind on the things above and um, not the things of this earth. And it's all of us have that struggle, but it, it's a good place maybe just to examine our hearts to figure out ultimately what is the significance of this in a more eternal perspective and what are simply things of the world that actually are just purely distractions and unnecessary. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And that's, I think uh, multiple people have said roughly the same thing. Um, just think about what you're doing. Think about the value in something. If we're convicted of something or we just say it this way, you just feel to some degree like, yeah, maybe I should do this less, right? Like I'm on Facebook too much. When you're convicted of that, do something about it, right? And it's not the same for everyone, but the thought is just think through, okay, what am I getting out of this? Is this valuable? Is this not valuable? If it's not valuable and there's no significance to it, eternal or otherwise, stop doing it. Do something else with your time, right? If it is significant, then, you know, that's a different story. So like your decorations, that's not a bad thing, right? You don't want to totally give that up like you might Facebook or something else. But it's more a balance between, okay, this is a good thing, but this, may, this thing over here where we actually spend time focusing on Christ, that's weightier and should be valued higher, right? So it's, it's more a balance as opposed to just getting rid of something. Yes. Yeah, I agree, the, the moderation thing. Um, but I wanted to tell Wanda, when you get my age, the kids take over. So <laughs> I used to do the same thing. But I think um, our attitude has a lot to do with it. I mean, if whenever we're doing, like, decorating or anything, um, you know, you can praise the Lord while you're doing it, or you can think of 
um, different things to pray for while you're doing it and uh, just do things with joy, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I used to be like Wanda, so I, I understand what you're saying. Um, and the Facebook thing. <laughs> and yeah. the Facebook thing, um, I, I hear what um, Tina's saying because I know I'm probably on it too much poo, but I hope somehow that I just like keeping in touch with friends and family and stuff. Yeah. Um, I just kind of go past some of the other stuff. Yeah. But and I hope somehow that I can be a witness on Facebook also in some way. Um, and I, I tell myself, OK, whatever time you give to Facebook, you know, give to the Lord. It doesn't always work that way. But and I have uh, I also found three Hallmark stations. So that's been yeah. a bad thing for me this time of year. <laughs> But there's hope, Wanda. There's hope. <laughs> so one question, maybe <clears throat> this works too for dieting, but just measure the time, right? You could sit there and go, oh, maybe I spend too much time on Facebook. It's not wrong. There's something, it's not inherently wrong or sinful, I'm not saying that. But if you uh, timed it, you know, how much time are you actually looking at it? And you found out, wow, I'm spending two hours a day on Facebook. And I'm not really spending much more than 20 minutes praying and reading God's word or something. That, I'm not saying that's true for you. Just if that's the case, that would be a really good indicator to you. Okay, whatever reasons I have for continuing to use this thing, it's clearly taking over. I admire uh, Tina for getting off of Facebook. I really do. Uh, and But when we're convicted of something, that's what we need to do. So God convicts us all in different ways, I think. And, yeah. No, so, and you're right. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. And you, I like your point about the balance. That, you yeah. know, that's the thing. Yeah. The key is all I'm trying to point out is that um, we need to think about it. We don't just shut our minds off and go, oh, there's some good things there, and then stop thinking about it. It's, if we're... If we're thinking there's some imbalance there, we need to take the time to think through it so we're not just mindlessly spending time on it. That's that's the gist of what... Yeah, Jake. For all you guys out here, I just thought I'd throw out, think about the amount of time you waste shaving when you could be cultivating a majestic beard like Glenn. You know, so that's a good way to save time. I had unnecessary joking down here. Oh. But that <laughs> Hey. I'm just going to cross that off right now. <laughs> okay, so another way that we waste time, I'll just read this one myself. Philippians 3, 13 to 14. <clears throat> um, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So how would you summarize that, Jamie? Uh, you, you, just did. <clears throat> you just read Philippians 3, 13 and 14? Is that yeah. what you read? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was fairly straightforward because I'd looked at it just before you called on me. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I thought you were... I thought you were reading it there. No, I, I go with the big print. I was actually texting my wife. Oh, well, never uh, mind then. Yeah. Anyone else have <clears throat> willing to just give a quick summary of what, that, what he's saying there? Oh, by the way, your time is right. I did calculate it. <laughs> what time? 
So, yeah. <laughs> you thought about it before. Yeah. Um, so looking at that verse, um, you know, I, I am, I get so hung up when I make a mistake. Yeah. I am a recovering perfectionist. And if something goes wrong, it looks like a bad scene from a NFL coaching fit throwing situation. But anyway, long story short, you know, when I read this a second ago in this context, it made a completely different take on me. I've always read that and just thought, okay, forget about my sinful past and and just push towards lights ahead. But it's really hard for me to do that personally. Um, and I, I don't, I don't have like a three-step process to overcome it, but I did, I had made a note in this Bible at some point, and it was just a reminder that sanctification is a process yep. and, and that we're going to hopefully over our, our lives, Lord will continue to grow, grow us in maturity as we pursue him. And that process will take over and we can find peace and okay, let's not get hung up about the mistakes I've made and, and things in the past. And let's focus. I've repented. Let's take this, pick up my cross and keep marching. Right now. Why might it be a bad idea to spend time? I put fretting over it, but <clears throat> NFL coaching, whatever. You can't do anything about it. It's done. Yeah, well, it's done, right? Yeah. So now you have this time in the present, mm -hmm. which is the only time you ever have. Yep. So are you going to spend it getting upset about how dumb you were a minute ago, or are you going to and continue to waste time, or are you going to move on? Fix it and move on. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. And what do you think in that way of thinking that you've described, which we all can relate to? It's not you alone for sure. Um, how, what is self-centered about that or man-centered in that type of thinking? <clears throat> like, what do you think is at the heart of that? Anyone? Okay, you could be worried about how you look. Okay. Any, any other ideas? <clears throat> how is that fundamentally? I'm making the assumption that it is, so if you disagree. Yeah. I, th I think with me, I can get down that oh, I failed again. Oh, right. I'm a terrible Christian, terrible. Oh my gosh. I get hopeless instead of full of hope. Right. Now let's say for a minute you have a servant. I don't have any servants, unfortunately, but let's say you did, right? And you said to your servant, hey, I'd like you to, you know, go get that bucket of water and bring it back over here. Okay. What do you want your servant to do? go get the water and bring it back. Now let's say the servant on the way to get the water trips and falls, scuffs up his knee or whatever. And, and what would you want the servant to do, assuming he's not majorly wounded? Mr. Grimes, what would you want this servant to do after he's fallen and you know made sure he's not injured, too injured? Suck it up, buttercup, get up and go get it. Exactly. Stop whining about it. Get the bucket, finish the job. What if the servant sits there and he's like, oh, I can't believe it. I trip all the time. Every time I go to do something, I can't seem to keep my balance. And he just spends 10 minutes whining about what a terrible person he is. Like that's us 
when we're sitting there critiquing ourselves, right? We have a job, get up and do your job. Stop whining about it, right? That, so just to put that in perspective, if we think of ourselves truly as God's servants or slaves, we should be just getting up and doing it, not whining about it. So it's self-centered in the sense that we're still just thinking about ourselves, whether we're thinking highly of ourselves or poorly of ourselves. It's the same side. It's opposite sides of the same coin. We're still thinking about ourselves primarily, not the job that we're supposed to be doing. Okay, so <clears throat> I'd like to move on to three A. I'm just going to skip 3B. You guys can look at that on your own. I, I tried to write out more details there, so um, you shouldn't, we don't need to go over that together. Matthew 6, if you would turn there, I'm going to read it. Um, I can get through it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, that's better. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Okay, Matthew 6, 1 to 21. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, right? Apparently, even from yourself. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So this same pattern carries on with, so first with giving to the needy, next with prayer, and then next with fasting. And in each case, you see the exact same pattern, which is, you're doing a good thing, a righteous thing. It's referred to as um, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. So it genuinely is a righteous deed that you're doing. Um, but the focus of the person is on being seen by others and not on um, being seen by the Father in secret. Okay? So... Going down to verse 19, well, I'll read 16 as well, just so you see the final, uh, the final example there. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So just a note right there. They got a reward, right? They did a righteous thing and they received a reward. Okay, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, then he says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What was the reward or treasure on earth? What, what is the treasure on earth that these people were going for? 
or let me rephrase it this way. In the context of this passage, what is treasures on earth? Yeah, Mitch. Yeah, praise from man, right? Um, that was their treasure. And that ultimately is the reward they received for their action, which was righteous, right? So again, we're not, we're not talking about unrighteous deeds, just righteous, uh, righteous deeds. Um, so what, in other words, we're looking for a reward now instead of in heaven. These people are, right? They're looking for the reward or the praise of man now as opposed to waiting and uh, doing their righteousness to be seen by the Lord and trusting him for the timing of that reward. Okay, you with me so far? Okay, now, general principle that I want to take from that is don't seek to be rewarded now for righteousness. Uh, practice righteousness to be seen by God, not man. That's another aspect to it. And wait for God's reward. Okay? So if you think about it, I know this has happened to you because it's happened to me, where I do something good or righteous and not fully aware that <clears throat> I want to be praised by man. And then I notice someone doesn't praise me or someone criticizes me for it instead. And my response is anger at them or frustration or whatever it is, right? I'm, I'm not happy with it. <clears throat> and I realize in that that I'm looking to them for my reward instead of, instead of trusting the Lord. So here's, here's the point I wanted to make here. In the same way that doing a righteous deed to be seen by others brings a fleeting reward, so too does working hard <clears throat> to receive a retirement or in the more immediate time to relax at home. That relaxation time or retirement is the earthly reward that we're looking for with that hard work that we just did. Okay, so. My next question is, is it sinful to sit, have a beer, and read a magazine? I'm going to say, yeah. It could be. Sure. I'm saying, is it? Like, is it in all cases sinful to do that? No. Right. So that in and of itself isn't a sinful act. So I'm not talking about sin versus not sin. It's just if I think of why I'm wanting to do that. So let me, let me ask you guys. What are some reasons? Maybe you don't like beer. Maybe you like to watch Miss Marple and have tea, whatever. Same thing. You want to relax and just have a good time, right? Sit down and watch the football game, whatever it is, at the end of a hard day. What about that appeals to you? What about that do you enjoy? You have the microphone still? Yeah, you want to share something? Uh, maybe the time to set aside a responsibility. Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't want to deal with something. Okay. Or put it off till later. Yeah. Yeah. I like knowing that God did it himself on the seventh day. Yeah, so you get to rest on Sunday. Yeah. I'm saying what about it? I'm not saying how do we justify it. I'm saying what about it do you... Uh, 
look forward oh. to are. I would agree with Stacy's answer. Yeah, just to shun responsibility. Okay. Chill. Do you? So for me, I feel like in some sense, I kind of deserve it if I worked hard. Like, I'm. I'm. Not, I don't know if you guys are like that, but I tend to think this is something I deserve in some way. Can't relate to that. No. Okay. Jamie's shaking his head. Oh, Mrs. Kidder. Okay. Okay. Um, so my only point there is that when we, when we um, look forward to those times, it's not wrong, it's not sinful, no one's saying it is, but just like a Facebook or watching the news or reading the news or whatever, those things are habit forming. And so the more we do them, the more we want to do them, the more they become a part of who we are and what our life is. Um, and the question, I think, or one good question to ask yourself is, <clears throat> even though we might have the right to do that thing, uh, is, is this thing, when we're doing this thing, are we looking for our reward now as opposed to later? That's a good question to ask. Um, and another question might be, are we looking for our reward from man, even if it's from ourselves or the family around us, or are we looking for that reward from God, which would mean, in some sense, we're not looking for a specific reward, right? Because we don't know what it is. Um, what, do you, what are some thoughts you guys have on that? Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, um, it's what pleases the Lord. Um, I think if he makes you feel guilty, there's a reason for that. Um, but he also wants us to rest and take care of ourselves. And yeah. to think about um, the things you do to rest and stuff, uh, how's that going to help you? Is it going to help you um, want to have, want to spend more time with your family or want you to do something want to do it, not yeah. feel you have to do it. So I think God's going to tell you with that guilty feeling. But I think the main thing is whatever pleases God, just ask yourself, what I'm doing, is it pleasing God? Because yeah. that's who are going to please. Yep. Well, lots more to say on that. I think we're going to stop there uh, just because we're out of time. Um, and again, let me just say the idea isn't that it's sinful or to make people feel guilty for watching TV or doing Facebook. The issue is that we're just mindfully thinking about it. Are we, as we do the thing, do we feel sometimes like, gee, maybe I do that too much. And if we think that or feel that, we should examine that and just recognize it's not okay just to continue to mindlessly spend time doing whatever we feel like doing. All right, any last questions before we close up? Yeah, Mrs. Kidder. Yep, no, that's, thank you. Thank you, we'll leave it at that. Getting pressured out of here. <clears throat> All right, thank you guys. <clears throat>